live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. It is a wild time to be a member of the Bills Mafia right now. I mean, it was only a few weeks back that pretty much everybody had anointed the Bills the Super Bowl championship and handed the MVP hardware over to Josh Allen. It was like a given. It was just accepted. But what an insane ride it's been the last couple of weeks. In fact, when you get right down to it, the last 11 days, because it was only 11 days ago that the Bills lost to the Jets. And then Josh Allen came out of that with a dinged-up throwing elbow. Then the entire city of Buffalo held its collective breath for an entire week. Then they all got to exhale on Sunday just in time for what turned out to be the most breathtaking game of the NFL season. One of the greatest games ever, honestly. And it looked like a dub, a sure dub, a lock, a done, done deal dub until this happened. Josh Allen puts Gabe Davis in motion, and Davis is behind Allen, and he tried to push him. He didn't get out of there. He didn't get out. He did not get out. That's a safety. Give it to us. Give us the safety. Look at what's taking so long. Oh, no. Ball came he out. Down. Yes, the are Vikings. Are kidding me? The Vikings are going to win. Are you kidding me? Yes, drop that ball, Josh Allen. That ball came loose. Holy cow. Not to rub this in, Mafia, but I got to admit, my respect and admiration for Vikings play-by-play man Paul Allen goes up every single time I hear that. Holy cow! Give us a safety! Yeah, more like, give us a tutty! Sorry, Mafia. Again, not trying to rub it in. You know I love you. But I'm just trying to make a point here. Man, what a roller coaster ride it's been. Look at the last 11 days alone. In Buffalo, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because there is a storm brewing right now. Not just a storm, but the storm. And it could be a storm to top all storms. A storm to top everything we've talked about. A literal storm. A lake effect snowstorm. Just waiting to dump an obscene amount of snow on western New York. No, a giant dump. Not a big dump. A enormous dump. What I'm saying is not just any snow. Here's Adam Schefter from this morning on Twitter. Quote, forecasts calling for snow totals of three to six feet by Sunday in Buffalo, including possible, quote, thunder snow. Last time snow forced NFL to move a game out of Buffalo was 2014 when Jets and Bills played that Monday night in Detroit. NFL monitoring storm, talking to Bills and Browns, end of quote. Holy crap, Mafia. Three to six feet of snow. Three to six feet. And again, not just any snow, thunder snow. And we thought that Vikings game was epic. This could be incredible. Which is why nobody should be talking about moving this game. You better don't. 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 Because I know there's not a single member of the Bills Mafia that is going to be intimidated by or scared off by a snowstorm, even if it is a thunderstorm. Nobody in Buffalo 
is selling their tickets because of the forecast. Nobody in Buffalo is staying indoors because of the forecast. You know the mafia. You know the mafia is saying, bring on the snow apocalypse. You know. You know they're saying that. And you know I'm going to stand with them. I stand with the mafia. Yeah, the hell I do. Well, at least not physically. Hell no. I don't want any part of that storm. Hell, I'm still not right physically or even emotionally from that day at Arrowhead Stadium a few years back in the playoffs. And I didn't even stay for the whole game. Right? I'm still not right from that. How the hell would I ever recover from an afternoon of three to six feet of snow? Why the hell do you think we always head to Mexico at the end of the year and never to our lake home in Wisconsin? When the locals in the Wisconsin area are not telling me to stop posting pics of Eagle River because all of my douchebag friends from Cali will want to come and wreck everything, they'll demand to know why I haven't purchased my snowshoes or my ice fishing equipment or my snowmobile for the wintertime. Hypocrites. You know why? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because I was born and raised in Los Angeles. The people in Wisconsin, and more to the point, my friends in the Bills Mafia were born and raised in Buffalo. Buffalo? So I say war to Rick and Buffalo. War to being born in Buffalo. War to living in Buffalo. Buffalo. They're built for it. They live for it. So do not snatch this from them, NFL. Do not snatch it from them, and do not snatch it from the rest of us who can't wait to watch it on TV. Three feet of snow? Six feet? Please. Please. I don't care if they're calling for 10 feet. I don't care if these same players have to wear my snowshoes instead of their cleats. I don't care if they need snow plows to plow out the snow plows. You better don't. More importantly, I don't think the Bills players care, and I know the Bills Mafia sure as hell doesn't care. So don't you dare rip this game from us and Buffalo. Orchard Park will be like this one gigantic snow globe. Remember those cool little things when you were a kid and you'd shake them all up and how bitchin' they'd be? The entire area is going to be one gigantic snow globe that the rest of the country is shaking up. Just so we can see this beautiful winter wonderland. Listen, what are you going to do? It's not like you can move this game to Monday or Tuesday because the Bills are playing on Thanksgiving. Which is good because nobody should want to move anything anywhere. Everybody wants the game. Everybody needs the game. But don't take it from me in my warm studio in Southern California. Listen to Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. He knows his city is ready. You know, this is a resilient town. All the people with snow plows and uh, snowmobiles and and all that type of jazz. And um, I'm sure they'll chip in and and lend a hand. But, yeah, they got a lot of guys from Florida, a lot of guys from down south, out west even, that have never seen snow before. And um, I'll tell you, our development team does a great job. They, They equip them with you know, scrapers and ice de-icing mechanisms and 
Um, but we have a, we, we've already started to plan and plan in place behind the scenes of what happens if we can't get in Friday, what happens if we can't get in Saturday and or with the hotel Saturday evening, you know, being it that's it's downtown, um, how to handle that. So we're working on that also. They're on it. He's on every detail. They equip them with scrapers and ice and ibuprofen. Yeah, I get it. I do feel for the dudes from down south, out west, who have never been in snow before. I get that. I get the guys that have never had to deal with the elements. I will never forget those first few times that I ventured out of Cali when we took this show on the road. I remember the first few times I dealt with real winters because I never had. Winter time in Minneapolis. Winter time in Green Bay. Winter time in Montana. I mean, real winters. I get it. It sucks. But if you're a pro, you acclimate. And by the way, both sides have to deal with it and the mafia lives for it. Just imagine what it's going to be like watching Josh Allen and even Nick Chubb do their thing in three to six. Not inches, but feet. Three to six feet of snow. It's like the holidays came early. Inject the buffalo snowpocalypse into my veins. War lake effect snow. War thunder snow. War this Bills game. Topping even the last Bills game. Again, this is why so many times the NFL stands for no fun league. Do not rip the fun from us. Never mind last week being the game of the year. You let these guys fly around. In 10 feet of snow, we might get the game of the century. So what is the fastest ball sport in the world? Not baseball, not tennis. In fact, it is the sport of high lie, spelled J-A-I. A-L-A-I, originating in the Basque region of Spain and played professionally in the U.S., most notably in the 1980s. Highlight is making an unprecedented comeback. The ball reaches speeds of 150 miles per hour. The action is intense. The danger factor is high. Six-person teams of professional athletes play the sport at the Magic City Frontin' in Miami, Florida. I invite you to check out all the action Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. Go to HighlightWorld.com or download the free Highlight app in the app store the sport with its intensity and athleticism is well worth watching check out all the action at highlightworld.com matches are played similar to tennis with a player or team required to win two sets to win a match each set is played up to six points it is a sport you need to check out highlightworld.com monday and tuesday at 5 p.m friday at 7 p.m you know eagle fan wants in you know eagle fans like what Wait, you think that's dedication? Did you get to the game 10 hours before the gates opened just to look at the stadium? Did you get to the game 10 hours before with 70 beers? You know that guy's not impressed. I mean, I love the snow. And by loving the snow, I mean looking at the snow from the inside of my warm, insulated home, holding either a steaming mug of hot coffee... Or a cold glass of scotch. Hey, Mother Nature, if I can have a word with you, that's right. You better deliver on this snowmageddon. I do not want to turn this game on and see the sun shining through. No, you know what I want? 
I want to see the green of the field. No, I don't. I do not want to see the green of the field. I do not want to see hash marks. I want to see snow high enough that you can barely see the top of the first down markers. That's what I want. I want to see Dawson Knox lead blocking Devin Singletary with a shovel. And, and, I want to see that one Mensa and his buddy in the stands with their shirts off looking like fat badasses. Fat! And not giving a damn. Don't mess with this. Don't take this from us. Am I right, Bills Mafia? He is Jim Mora Jr. Jim, my man, how you doing? It's great to have you on. How are things? Hey, it's great to talk to you, Jim. Thanks for having me. I hope is, you're doing well. Yeah, I am doing great. It is so good to have you. Listen, before we get into the miraculous job you're doing in stores, hey, Jim, do me a favor. Take me back. Like, in the five years when you were away from coaching, what was life like, and were you actively looking to jump back in? <laughs> okay, first of all, I was only four. Okay. So don't age me. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, life, life was great. I moved to Sun Valley, Idaho. I was either mountain biking, fly fishing, or hiking in the summer, and I was skiing almost every day in the winter, working a little bit in the media. Uh, but I had a I had an itch to coach again. It's what I love to do, and I you know I was getting tired of waking up every morning and saying, "Man, what hike am I going to go on today?" And having that be my only challenge. And so, when this job came open, it was a, a great opportunity. We're talking to Jim Moore Jr., so that makes sense to me, right? I mean, that's the way you're built. That's the way you're wired. Thing is, though, Jim, that was not an easy gig. Farthest thing from it, in fact. What did you like about that opportunity? Well, I liked that it was a challenge, Jim. I love challenges. You know, I like to go uphill. I like things that are hard. And I knew this was going to be a great challenge. This, this team had been down. This program had been down. But I'd spent some time back here, and I knew that we had a great facility. I knew that through the interview process, I got to know the people in the in the athletic department, people that support this program had a real confidence that they would give us the support we need. And it was just an opportunity for me to get back into coaching, which I love to do. I love coaching college football because I love the, the impact you can have on the players and the connection that you can build with them and their families. And so I said, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great big challenge, but it's an amazing opportunity. And uh, I haven't regretted a day yet. Jim Moore Jr. joining us. Jim, to that point, you said something amazing after your team beat Liberty. You said, quote, this is the most fun I have ever had in coaching and the best group of people I've ever been around, end of quote. I'm really fascinated by that. Like, you've coached at the very highest level of the sport. You've been around the game your entire life. Why is this the most fun you've ever had? You know, I read that I I said that. I don't really remember saying it, but I did say it. And I didn't mean it as a as a dig in anybody because I've had I've been so lucky I've been around so many great people in my career, but I think Jim, what has made this one special is that these young men have struggled struggled mightily since they've been at UConn and they had their 2020 season canceled. They were the first team in football to cancel their season last year. They won one game. I think in 2019 they might have won one or two games. They just haven't had a lot of success and yet. Every day they come into this building with this amazing attitude, uh, a sense of resolve, a resilience, and they're, they're not entitled, Jim. You know, I don't like people that are entitled, that think they deserve something uh, that they haven't worked for. And these guys, they work for it. I mean, they work every day, and they're 100% committed. 
And when you get to be around a group like that, it's, it's enjoyable. It's fun. It, it's, you look forward to it. And I look forward to every day with these players. Talking to Jim Moore Jr., you know, to be clear about that, Jim, when I read you that quote, I didn't feel like that was a dig at all about anybody. It was exactly the way you responded. That's what I expected, that I know you're energized by that. Let me ask you this, though. It's it's obviously a really unique group, and it's a very resilient group. What was it like when you first arrived, though? Because to your point, that's not a program and a group that had experienced a lot of winning of late. Now, you brought some guys in, but what was the culture and morale like when you first got there? It was low, and they were skeptical. You know, I'm sure they'd heard the, the stuff that I was saying before, maybe put a little differently. And I felt like the most important thing I could do immediately, Jim, was just earn their trust. Every day I needed to say the right thing, act the right way, um, be true to myself, not be inconsistent with my message, and make sure they understood that I was here for them. The, the, really, the most important reason for me to be here at UConn was for the players. And I think that over the course of time, I was able to earn their trust. And not only the individual trust that I was going to take care of them and do this for them, but the trust that I knew what I was doing and that I was experienced. And, uh, I, I man, I, I tell you what, I, I cherish that and I protect the hell out of it. You know, I'm, I'm worried every single day I'm going to do something where I'm going to lose a little bit of trust. And it's changed the way I coach. And, uh, and for the better. It's made me a better coach. These guys have. And I just uh, – but that, to me, that was the key. You know, they were down, they were skeptical, and man, my job was to build trust, and we were able to do that. Oh yeah, that right there. That is the best sound ever. That is the best sound ever. It's also a reminder that it's time to knock out that new business idea and to start with Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Forget the off-season work. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anybody from anywhere. So whether you're selling warm-ups or wall hangers, it is time to start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. And with Shopify, you will customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that create diehard fans. Shopify can help you with all of that. Shopify fields all the sales channels to grow a winning business from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is on your team every step of the way. Find out for yourselves. Sign up right now for a free trial at shopify.com slash roam. R-O-M-E, all lowercase. Again, you want to go to Shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, and start selling online today. I don't know where I would be without them. Shopify.com slash Rome. Jim Moore Jr. is joining us. He's the head coach of UConn. Jim, I've known you a long time. You guy, you and I have done this a long time together. So I'm really I'm fascinated by this. I'm inspired by this. I understand your point that, listen, I had a good thing going. I'm in Sun Valley, which is as good as it gets. I can ski every single day in the winter. I'm hiking. I'm working out. It's a great quality of life. But there's got to be more. I still have this itch. I do want to ask you, though, you, you had a great coaching career to this point. You didn't need to do this. So when you get to this point in your life at this age and in your career, what is driving you now? When your feet hit the ground in the morning, what are you fired up by and what's pushing you at this point? You know, I, I mean, it's, it just probably sounds corny, some of the stuff I've said, but it's the players. 
I, I get I get to come to work every day and be with some young men that I think I can add a little value to their life. And also my staff. Like, Jim, I went and hired a bunch of young guys. Like, my defensive staff, they're 30-year-old guys. They're all 30, 30 years old. My defensive line coach is 30. Defensive back coach is 30. Linebacker coach just turned 30. Same thing on offense. You know, it's a young staff. And so to think, you know what, this game's given me a lot. Maybe I can give give back to the younger people that are – coming up in this game, whether it be a player or a coach. And I know that sounds hokey, man. I get it. I get that it sounds hokey, but it is, it's coming from the right place. And to me, that's, that's what gets me up and gets me fired up about coming here every day. Here's the thing. I, I believe you. I absolutely believe you. And I know why you're saying, listen, it may sound hokey and it may sound like the thing that people expect to hear. I believe you, but then it kind of puts you in an interesting spot, Jim, because you come into a situation like this and you've had the success that you've had, and I'm not going to say they took a shot at you because, listen, you had a great coaching career. Why wouldn't they try to hire you? But they did bring you in, and I know you're loyal to them, but when you do what you've done as quickly as you have, where you have, you know where I'm going with this, the phone is going to ring. So do you owe it to yourself to pick it up and at least listen to whoever is calling to talk to you, or how do you approach that? I think it's a very tricky situation. I'm a very loyal person. You know, when I was at UCLA, I turned down, Jim, I turned down um, five jobs that everyone would probably say were better than the UCLA job at that time. And it was because I was loyal to that school and I was more than anything loyal to the players. But I think you have to listen to everybody. I think you owe it to yourself to listen to everybody, but I also think you owe it to these people that, David Benedict, he put his trust in me and the, you know, our trustees and most importantly, these coaches and these players to really, to really think it through before you do anything. And, you know, I don't think it's about chasing the dollar. I don't think it's about chasing what everyone perceives as a better opportunity. You know, I think that you have to eliminate some of the emotion and you have to make the right decision for yourself and your reputation and your legacy and, and those people that, that, are counting on you. And so that's how I approach it. That's how I've always approached it. And, and uh, I'm going to stay consistent with that. Jim, you're right. That is tricky. And I, I appreciate that response. Jim Moore Jr. joining us. You know, you got Army coming up. And I say this, Jim, with great respect for Army and the program. And I know you do too. But if, 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 if you win that seventh game, you're already bowl eligible, but you aren't independent. If you can dig deep and find a way to win more, one more, how do you feel about your bowl prospects? I think if we win this game, that they, they dramatically increase, drastically increase. I think that with seven wins, I think somebody's going to want us. And it's a good story, and we'll travel well with our fans, and we'll bring a lot of energy there won't be one single player or staff member that's like, oh, man, we have to go to this, this town or this bowl. Everyone will be fired up. It doesn't matter what bowl it is. And so I think bringing that energy is attractive to people. And, uh, you know, we, boy, I don't even want to think about it. I'm, this Army game is going to be a bugger. I mean, they are really good. They're favored by 10. Uh, 
you know, I've never played against Army. I'm kind of looking forward to the whole experience, but we've got to get a win. And then if we get seven, Jimbo, I think we're in pretty good shape. I agree with you. I agree with you. They, you got a lot of work in front of you. That's a tough, tough matchup, as you know, yeah. Jim. But if you get seven, who wouldn't want to see you guys? One last thought. I could ask you about any number of players, but what about your freshman quarterback, Jim? Zion Turner. Obviously, it's a gifted young athlete, but you're asking a lot of a young player. What kind of marks do you give him for intangibles, things like mental toughness and the ability to lead from the front even as a young player i give him an a you know and he's got a lot of growth that's uh, ahead of him um, but he comes from a great program at st thomas aquinas down in florida he's a winner he works his tail off he stays focused he doesn't get down he takes losses hard he gets over them quickly and he gets over wins quickly but uh you know he's also playing without our top two running backs and our top two receivers haven't played the whole year really and so He's doing it without, you know, some of our top weapons. And I give the young man a ton of credit. He's got a great family. Like if you met his mom and dad and his family, you'd go, okay, I get it. I get it why this kid is special. I love the story, Jim. I'm pumped for you. I'm pumped for the opportunity. UConn beat Liberty. One last thought. What was it like to see everybody storm the field and to share that moment with the players? That would be so emotional. It was really cool. It was uh, reminded me of my First year at UCLA, and UCLA had not beat USC in nine years. So all those seniors had never experienced beating USC, and we beat them. And I, you know, I'm a University of Washington Husky. I didn't really understand it, and uh, when I saw the look on those guys' face, I understood it. And it was even deeper this week, beating. Beat, and it wasn't about beating Liberty. It was about beating a ranked team to, you know, become bowl eligible and get that sixth win. And kids were coming off the field with tears in their eyes, and the student body was on the the, the field that hadn't happened here in a long time and I'm just happy these guys got the experience it, it was uh it was special but I tell you what they came back to earth pretty quick and they're refocused on army and there won't be any hangover I can promise you that I think that is obviously the culture that you were able to instill so quickly Jim it's supposed to take time but that took hold quickly so another great opportunity the Huskies are at Army Saturday that's noon Eastern it's a CBS Sports Network game Jim Moore Jr. is the head coach there my man really happy for you so good to get caught up Jim thank you very much for that good luck this weekend and we'll definitely be watching thanks Jim I appreciate it great talking to you again my best to you always Hey, are you craving some protein after a good workout? I always am. Listen, this time don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? David in Orchard Park. David, what's going on? How are you? Uh, Jim, thank you for the vine. I was in Orchard Park this morning. Believe it or not, it was uh, 37 degrees, a rather comfortable 37 degrees, even though it only feels like 25. And it's sunny, sunny skies throughout most of western New York today. However, the worst. The worst is yet to come after 7 o'clock tonight, 100% chance of snow over the next four days. Uh, it depends on where you live is what they're saying, but they've already shut down Buffalo City schools and public schools tomorrow. A lot of nighttime activities are being closed already tonight. Uh, right now they're saying for the Bills game, 27 degrees with the winds 15 to 25 miles per hour. 
chances snow at game time. I hate to disappoint anybody, but they're only saying a 30% chance of snow at game time. But keep in mind, this weather forecast, they're predicting all this massive accumulation of three to six feet beginning tonight, going all the way into Sunday. My man, David, first of all, let me rack you. I want to respond to that. Are you a clone or are you the best weatherman in America? I've been in a lot of markets. I've watched a lot of local newscasts. I don't know that I've ever heard a better weather report than that. Dude, that was not a clone. That had to have been. And I don't know. Somebody set me straight. That's a pro right there. I know a weather report from a professional when I hear one. We've got all these guys here in Southern California with all their fake-ass weather names. You know who you are. And nothing against you guys. Like, you have a job to do. I get it. And what's the local news anyway? It's for ratings. It's for show. Just don't tell me that your name is really Dallas Rains or Johnny Mountain. I mean, come on. What a dink that y'all would have names like that and end up as weather people. No way. Come on. Like Dave. Dave. Like, I don't know Dave. First of all, I know that's a local weather person in Buffalo and probably one who's ripped a, num- a number of Emmys. That guy was way too good. There's no way that was just a listener to the program or a fan or a member of the Bills Mafia. That right there was not only a local weather person, that was a damn good local weather person. That guy right there had to have been Dave Doppler. We go to Buffalo. Margot in Buffalo. Hello. Hello, Rome Mafia. And come hell or high snowbanks. Bill's Mafia is going to be there. You better believe it. We're going to be loud, and we're going to be toasty warm with cheer. And if you know what I mean. So fun fact, and you probably know this because you're a sports guru, um, same quarterback will be playing. That was the Colts game. He was quarterback. Now he's going to be playing for the Cleveland Browns as a quarterback in another November to remember game. I can only hope. Now, the first half of that game the last time, it was cloudy, like not a flake in the sky. Second half, when the bottom fell out, there were people in, like, T-shirts and sneakers. Like, nobody was dressed for that. Totally caught off guard. So, maybe ready for it, but are we ever? Hey, go Bills, and uh, I don't know. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, Margo. Goodbye. Margo's like, in the back of her mind, she's like, why have they not run me yet? In fact, why did they even let me on the air? Why am I on the air? What do I do now? Oh, holy crap. I'm on the air. And I'm talking. And people are listening. And Rome's not laughing at me. And he's letting me go. This can't be real. Is this real life? Is this real life? Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. I know you know about it because the second I got mine and I started talking about it, people were rushing up on me like they knew. They wanted to talk about it. 
It's because the egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. I'm telling you, you can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. Yes, try a pizza on the egg. It will amaze you. It works. It's incredible. So stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. It gets old. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs, too. Listen to me. Roll with an authentic big green egg. It is a ceramic marvel. It's backed by a lifetime warranty. That's right, a lifetime warranty. It is simple to light. It is easy to use. It works without a power source. You don't have to plug anything in. So with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. How cool is that? And it makes a great gift. And they've got two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered right to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's how I did it. It was an awesome experience. That's BigGreenEgg.com. And yes, you will thank me later. I got a couple of beefs to start you off with. My first beef is when Alvin brings in the giant plastic tower of beef and drops it on the billboard, and I have to pull the billboard. The billboard is the paper billboard that I have to pull out, and it's under like this 20-pound tower of beef, and it tears the billboard. My bad. And I've got to read the billboard. My bad. My other beef is when Shock gives me the social media beefs and tags them ATP. It's not the ATP, dude. It's the what's your beef. Come on, clowns. Get it together. Step your game up. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper's original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy and peppered, all come in four-ounce bags. So you can sample. (laughs) Sample. Ass clowns. Oh, you don't have one for that, do you? Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? All right, so the thing is, I've gone with phone call beefs of late to start. They never work. They're usually just kind of afterthoughts. We throw them in when we run out of tweets. But then the last couple of weeks, I've started with them, and they've just crushed. Crushed. So do I play the hot hand, or am I getting too greedy? Let's try the calls. I'm going to try the calls. 1-800-636-8686. I need somebody to set the tone. Anthony in L.A., you're the guy. Anthony, what's your beef? Romy, my beef is with adults making a big deal about birthdays, saying, oh, it's my birthday week. Unless you're under 18, no one cares. It was my birthday this week, and people are asking me, how come you're here in that work? I'm not wasting PTO to be home on a Wednesday. I have work to do. People asking, are you 29 again? Winking at me. Don't wink at me. Get back to work. Hey, ass, what do you want for your birthday? I want this conversation to end, you kook. And you know what? I also got a side beef of people telling me, you know wrestling is fake, right? I know it. Get out of my face. Go have another beer and leave me alone. Or being a clone for over 25 years. And first time in the jungle. Thank you, Romy. I'm out. Nice job, Anthony. Well done. I like it. Stop winking at me and asking me how it feels to be 29 again. Stop asking me if I know that wrestling is fake. Get out of my face, you kook. Good job, Anthony. All right, so so far it's a good idea. 1-800-636-8686. We're beefing with the phone callers first. 
Let's go to the ATL. Jason in Atlanta. Jason, what's your beef? Jimmy, my beef is with the people in my office who day in and day out will call into our morning meeting and feel the need to actually announce that they're on the phone. As in, this is Pollyanna on the phone. Hi, everybody. This is Priscilla on the phone. Don't do that. We know you're on the phone. We hear your voice coming out of the little speaker. We don't see you anywhere in the room. We're not idiots. I got you, Jason. I feel you. That'll be me this weekend for the Delmar Racetrack Board meeting that I will not be there in person for. That'll be me. Hi, everybody. Jim Rome on the phone. And I know what they'll be thinking. Really, dude? You live in Orange County. Why are you not here? Jim Rome on the phone. 1-800-636-8686. Oh, that's interesting. Sydney. Like Sydney, Australia. The shark? What? The, the shark? This should be interesting. I haven't talked to Greg Norman in a long time. If it's that shark. Hey, shark, what's your beef? Boy, good morning, mate. From down under, it's your boy Greg Norman here, professional golfer. And I got meat, mate. I got loads of meat. And I also got beef. My beef is all them blokes out there whining that COVID-19 put a damper on the sex life. That's not a problem for me, mate. As you know, I am able to have sex while still maintaining proper social distancing, mate. Yeah, I know because you have me, not beef. Not a very good call. Thanks, Vic. The shark in Sydney. You know what? It's all right. I'll keep it up. Let's keep the phones going. If you want to hit me up with your beef on Twitter, do it at Jim Rome. We go to Grand Rapids. Damon in Grand Rapids. Damon, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. My beef is people that pronounce the word frustrated as frustrated. These are the same people that go to the library that go home and eat a sandwich on lunch and have a plate of paschetti for dinner. You don't leave letters out of words. War Abigail and the apparatus. <laughs> Damn it. Then you probably do not want to listen to Jim Rome's big head bets because James Kelly will be smashing a sandwich and having his spaghetti. Winthrop. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Baschetti. He warred. He warred Abigail and her apparatus. War lady clones. Notice he did not mispronounce apparatus. Let's keep it going. We go to Humboldt. Mark, in Humboldt, what hey. is your beef? How you doing, Mr. Realm? Good. How about you? Good. So my beef is I, I work night shift, and I get off about 8 o'clock in the morning. And now, of course, I go to the store, and I get me a fixer and a bag of old trapper. And everybody in the store, every single day, always says, it's a little bit early, ain't it? It's a little bit early, ain't it? They didn't know I was just working eight hours. And then I get home. I sit in the park in my driveway. So I could have my sister and listen to you on the radio. The old lady comes out with her hands in the air. And I go, what, babe? I'm listening to Jim Rome. And she goes, F Jim Rome. And then as she shuts the door, I go, 
Oh, I forgot to ask her for a sandwich. Love you, Jim. Peace. My man, peace. That's too much. Hey, man, I got something for you. Leave this guy alone. Mind your own damn business. He's working the overnight shift. His 8 a.m. is your 8 p.m. Mind your own damn business. Let him have his old trapper and his beer at 8 o'clock in the morning. I feel you, bro. Let's go to NoCal Scott in NoCal. Scott, what's your beef? Hello, Jim. Hey, Scott. Uh, up here in NorCal, uh, the cyclists up here get a dedicated line, a dedicated lane to them, and yet they ride so close to the line, we have to f- f- freaking stop on a two-lane blacktop. I'd like to war Tourette's, uh, which I frequently suffer from, and war my wife leaving the toilet seat up. My man, Scotty. Scotty in NoCal taking a run at, quote, idiot cyclists. Cyclists always feel like that's a reason to go. You're going to have to fight with them now. I feel you, my man. Yeah, You know what? It, they're getting better. Like, I'm not saying these are great calls, but there was a time when beefs never worked as calls. And I'm still running through it. Like, they're lined up. Every time one drops off, another one comes through, and they're good enough to keep going with. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Little Rock. Brian, good to have you. Brian, what's your beef? Uh, my beef is with the NFL. You see, I'm a working professional, and this is a time of year that's really busy for me. And so I made the unfortunate decision to work this past Sunday. And how in the world is anyone supposed to be productive whenever there are constant notifications of highlight after highlight? Justin Fields going off being a beast just shy of a buck 50 and four touchdowns. The entire Vikings game, it felt like I got 80 notifications from that. And then the absolute craziest event of the day, or maybe the worst if it's uh, your perspective here, Tom Brady going out, trying to catch a pass, falling down, tripping a guy and not breaking every bone in his body. How is a guy supposed to get any work done? Well, my man, you could turn off your phone or not work that day. That's not a beef I can get with. If you're going to work because you have to work and get paid, then work and get paid and turn your phone off or whatever streaming device you have. And, and by the way, there was nothing cool about Tom Brady running that pass route, man. That, that, that giraffe, like lumbering down the sideline, was something I can never unsee. That wasn't cool. That wasn't ironic. That wasn't clever. That wasn't creative. That was stupid. You imagine if that guy had gotten hurt? That giraffe out in his, in his actual habitat, just moving around in open space, is really something. Something I never want to see ever again. Let's go to the D, Don, in Detroit. Notice we're still doing phone calls exclusively. Don, what's your beef? Don from Detroit, Jimmy. Ah! I know, Don. I just said Don in Detroit. What's you your beef? Like you know what my beef is? That. Not a very good call. Why would you do that, dude? Why would you do that unless you want to get run? You know that's going to get you run. You don't self-gloss, and you don't repeat back to me what I just said to you. Hey, let's go to Don in Detroit. Don in Detroit. Yeah, I know, Don. I just said, let's go to Don in Detroit. How does that happen? In a beef segment, no less. If that, the reason I don't allow that, Don, 
is can you imagine how redundant that would be if everybody did that? Let's go to Dawn in Detroit. Hey, Jim, it's Dawn in Detroit. Hey, Dawn in Detroit, it's Jim in California. Hi, Jim in California, it's Dawn in Detroit. Yeah, I know, Dawn. I just said it. That's my beef. Don't do that. All right. I don't want to end the call portion on that. Let's try. Chuck, you do not look confident. Let's go to Corpus Christi. Dan. What's your beef, Dan? What's going on, Jim? Not too much. How about you? Oh, not too bad. This is how this not works. I go to you and I say, hey, what's your beef? And you just say, my beef is insert beef. You don't need to ask me how I am. You don't need to say first time, long time. You don't need to ask how the weather is. You don't need to ask me what my favorite old trapper flavor is. When I say, hey, insert name, insert town, what's your beef? Answer the damn question. It's not hard. Again, I don't want to end the calls on a bad note. Somebody pick me up. This is easy. Rodney, I'm even going to take you through this before I go there. Rodney, I know you can hear me. You're on hold. I'm going to say, Rodney in Memphis, what's your beef? You're going to say to me, Rome, my beef is insert your beef. This is so easy. Let's do it. We go now to Rodney in Memphis. Rodney, what's your beef? Jim, my beef is fourth and an inch shotgun formation. You don't make it. Fourth and a foot shotgun formation. You lose the game. Fourth and a yard. You don't make it. You lose your job. Put the quarterback under the center and sneak it. You win the game. You keep your job. And life goes on. Rowdy is out. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. My dude, you had it. I was going to rack you. And then you self-glossed. The screen says Rodney. Therefore, you're Rodney. Now, if everybody listening thought that that was a badass beef and somebody wanted to gloss you rowdy, and I thought to myself, damn straight, that guy is rowdy. Rowdy Rodney from Memphis. Then I would have allowed that. However, there is no self-glossing. Your beef was good, but not good enough that you could break one of the fundamental rules of the show. No self-glossing. Alvin, are you going to add him to the club right now or are you not able to do so in the middle of a beef segment? Not able to do so. Anyway, Rodney, you had it. You had it. You had it. I liked your energy. I liked your beef. And then you had to self-gloss. And then you got run. So, Chalk, again, I don't want to end the caller portion of the beef segment without walking off on something decent. Decent, at least. Somebody who doesn't get run. Let's go to Michigan. Jason, in Michigan. Jason, what's your beef? 
Hey, Rome, my beef is with the people that pull up to the ATM machine. They have to stop, unbuckle their seatbelt, get in their purse, pull off their wallet, stick their card in, get their money, rebuckle, and get back out of the way. Why can't you just be prepared when you get to the ATM machine? That's my beef, Rome. Jason in Michigan, thanks. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. I, I know what you're doing. Now it's like a thread that you've taken upon yourselves. I kind of respect it. You're trying to get run. You do not need to reintroduce yourself at the end of the take. It's almost like Jason in Michigan thought so highly of his beef that he wanted everybody to know damn well who it came from. Like he styled his beef. That's what that guy just did. He styled his beef. Remember when Aaron Jones had that touchdown run this past weekend and he went airborne into the end zone and he grabbed his junk as a tribute to Marshawn Lynch like he was styling his TD? Jason Michigan just styled his beef by letting everybody know who said it. I know, dude. I said, Jason in Michigan, what's your beef? Like 20 seconds before. Nobody forgot who you were. There was no need to reintroduce yourself to the audience. We're still stuck. I want to end the caller portion and walk off on somebody who doesn't get run. Did you all figure this out while you were on hold and communicate with each other? If so, props for that. Let's go to NoCal. Garrett in NoCal. Man, Garrett, don't do me like that. Garrett, don't get run. Do not get run, Garrett. Just say your beef and hang up the phone so I can move along. Garrett in NoCal. Garrett, what's your beef? Rome, my beef is with all these Raider fans calling for McDaniels to be fired before his first season is done. Morons. It's- That's not a good call. No. What happened, Albie? Like I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Albie said the phone quality was not good enough. I can't argue with that. I, I did crank up my volume on my one earbud. How do I know if it's a good beef or a bad beef if I can't hear the beef? Chuck, you got to keep reloading. So there are no calls on the screen because I've run through all of them. I could quit while I'm behind... But again, I'm trying not to end the segment on a run phone call. As far as the caller, it's an, okay, it is a TV simulcast. It is that. But the show is still carried on some 200 plus stations nationwide and in Canada. It's an audio median. We need to hear you. I'm going to stay in the fight. I will stay in this fight. And yeah, I'm probably missing out on a lot of amazing social media beef. But I'm not giving up until I get a caller who does not get run. Let's go to Lodi. I like that. I like the sound of that. I like the feel of that. Eric in Lodi. Eric, what's your beef? Jim, I'm sorry, but my beef is with you and not playing the adult alarm anymore. Well, he didn't get run. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, Alvin, 
can we responsibly give them a taste? The adult alarm was something we did back in the day, and it was in reference to Michael Jackson. And the fact that Michael Jackson had a so-called reportedly, allegedly, an adult alarm. As in when he was at Never Neverland, when adults broke the perimeter and got into the home, adults, there were alarms that went off to let him know. Why is that? Because he's a rich, famous celebrity Afraid of intruders or because he was afraid of adults. And why would he be afraid of adults? Well, this is why we got rid of the adult alarm. It was no longer appropriate. Okay, I think that's enough. <laughs> that was me back in the day in a Michael Jackson voice saying, Macaulay, get dressed. They're in. Can't imagine why I ever stopped playing that. That's another... (laughs) It's another one of those things. (laughs) It's another one of those things that, although my my two sons don't really care that much about this show. Like, they're proud of me, and they're proud of my legacy and what I've brought to it. But every once in a while, they would come across certain things that that Dad used to do, including that, the adult alarm. So they were fascinated <laughs> with the rat family for a few weeks, and they were absolutely fascinated by the adult alarm for a few weeks. How many of you had forgotten that I started that with Macaulay, get dressed. They're in. They've broken the perimeter. You know, the adults, because Mike was with underage kids, I've deemed that inappropriate and we no longer play that. So you may in fact have a beef with me no longer playing that, but that's why I no longer play that. There were other parts of that that did not get played, including put your underoos back on. That did not get played. So I'm sorry that we can't do... I'm, I'm sorry that, that we can't do a million things that we used to do. Believe me, I am. The show was much better when I was allowed to do things like that. Anyway, there's that. How about another one? How about another one? Now, now we're on a roll. One in a row. That guy's got a beef with me no longer playing the adult alarm. Let's go to Stanford. The best and the brightest. Stanford. Connor. Connor, what's your beef? Rome. It's pretty simple, man. I don't understand why all these people are calling in and getting run and just saying who's calling. Like, for example, like, it's Connor in Stanford right now. Like, I just don't get it. Like, it's pretty simple. For example, it's... For example, consequently, heretofore, what was the point of that? Beef segment's fun. Even when it's crappy. Well, the segment itself is not crappy. You are crappy. Some of you. 
I would imagine there are a million good tweets that I could have gone to. But I'm having fun with the callers for some reason. I'm going to keep hammering that. 1-800-636-8686. Let's try Citrus Heights. That just feels like a good idea for some reason. Ryan in Citrus Heights. Hey, Ryan, what's your beef? My beef is with Kings fans. You got a taste of their delusion yesterday. Imagine living in this town. If they win three games in a row, it's playoff year. If they lose three games in a row, somebody's got to lose their job. Somebody's getting fired. Uh, Unwar the bean team. I'm out. I like that, man. You got a taste of their delusion yesterday. That was strong. I I had a good feeling about Citrus Heights. I don't know why. I just did. I'm going to keep this thing going. It's only once a week. It is the beef segment. Brought to you by my pals at Old Trapper. Not all beef jerky is the same. And believe me, I'm not feeling. I, I just, I don't want to mix. Like, I'm this weird guy, and my family thinks my family would have a beef with this. For some reason, when I eat, are any of you like this? I always eat one portion. I don't mix portions. Like, if I have a steak and a potato and something green. I eat all three separately. And I don't even know why I do that most of the time. Same thing with this segment. I don't want to mix in. Was that funny to you, Avi? I am not a serial killer. I don't do it every time, but I do it a lot of times. And for some reason, the fam thinks that's funny. The reason I mention that, I could fill with a beef or two from social while these guys try to get another workable phone call up, but I don't want to mix my potato with my meat. I don't want to take a bite out of that potato when I should be eating my steak. That does not make me a serial killer, dude. What, I'm Dahmer because I eat things one at a time? And by the way, still not going to watch that doc. Still have no interest whatsoever in the Dahmer doc. That national fascination with that. Like, I like documentaries. I like Netflix. I'm just not interested in that dude and what he did. That, unless you have a doc on the guy in prison who got Dahmer, I'm not interested. 1-800-636-8686. Chuck, I know you're trying to stay in the fight. Is it over? It's over. All right, so really quickly, Romy, my beef is when I go into a fast food joint and I go to get napkins out of the napkin holder and some a-hole has them packed in there so freaking tight, you can't even get one out. And when you do, it is shredded so much that you can't even use it. Kevin in Colorado Springs. Here, here. I like that. Or you end up getting 50 out. Dear Jim, my (laughs) my beef is with middle of the street power walker. I'm pretty sure city planners went to great lengths to give us sidewalks. Despite this, you and two of your pear-shaped neighbors have made the paved street your personal peloton. Get on the sidewalk, walk in a single-file line, and stop making me swerve into opposing lanes of traffic. Scott and Anaheim, hell yes. Man, I was wasting my time on phone calls. These are good. You and a couple of your pear-shaped neighbors. Rome, I have a huge beef with any guy who calls his wife, quote, the wife. She's not the wife. She's your wife. 
Show some respect. Mike and Snowbird. Hey, Jim. My beef is with my wife. I didn't get a haircut for six months, and she told me to cut it because I look like a homeless person. So I had the sides cut, and she told me I look like a redneck with a mullet. So I shaved my head, and she says, now you look terminally ill. What the hell, woman? Zach in Jax. Hey, Jim. My beef is with my wife. Just because she's right 95% of the time, she thinks that she has to keep giving me advice. After 40 years of this, I'm getting really tired of it. Larry in Albany. I hit Dodger Jana with that sometimes, honestly. We have an amazing relationship, but I'm like, I'm not a 58-year-old child. I know this is like, you're just trying to help. I didn't ask for any help. I'm not a 58-year-old child. You don't need to tell me that. I know. Hey, Jim, I've got a beef. It's with my financial advisor who enjoys posting pictures of himself at the country club on social media whilst my account is in the toilet. Put the scotch down and make a trade, Chris. Bob in Buffalo. I feel you, Bob. Rome. Hey, Vance Mack, I beefed earlier about my wife insisting I play jungle bumper music when we wrestle. Last last night, she demanded I van spank her. That cuts a little too close to the knuckle for me. Look, I'm not asking for a favor, but can you call her? Sign Prelo. Chuck Town. You know what's funny, Chuck? I'll tell you who, who I like. The guys on the app at Cameo, they've been trying to get me to do this for, I mean, over a year. These guys are good guys. I've talked to the founder of the company. I've talked to one of his top lieutenants. They're, they're like good dudes. And they always pitch me, and they're always like, you're going to like it. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. The clones will love it. Why don't you do this? And I'm always like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm almost there. Tell you what, bro, you may have put me over the edge. I may do it for that, but you got to pay for it. Jim, do I have to break really? Chalk, it's only 1130. We only went a half hour with the beef segment. Do I really have to break? Good night.